Hello and welcome. This is Working Class to World Class and in this episode, I should have gone to Specsavers. Wait a minute. I went one better because I caught up with the lady that co-founded it many, many years ago. Now this woman, is she's just awesome. We took a trip down memory lane to talk about her life living in a council flat in Bristol to building up to be one of the world's best known entrepreneurs, establishing a company that is known through so many countries, employing so many people and winning so many awards. Honestly, they've won so many awards, they're literally coming out their ears, no pun intended. This is a story you have to check out. Breaking through the barriers of adversity, I'm Lynn Lester and this is Working Class to World Class. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you. I thought I'd put some glasses on today. <laughs> I only really need them for close up, but we, we are on a, a computer. So um, <laughs> if I don't if I don't wear them, you see people say, why don't you wear glasses? <laughs> That's a good point. Or your contact lenses, but maybe they wouldn't be as obvious. I was blessed with fairly good eyes until I got older. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I think it happens to the best of us. I used to have glasses as a child, and now I don't need them, but potentially oh. in later life, apparently. That's it. Unfortunately, well, not fortunately, if you're in the optical business, yes, um, age has something to do with it. Yes. <laughs> that's well, good. And that, that's the thing. I mean, you, you know, it must be amazing for you because you run and you, actually you're the mastermind as well as your partner behind one of the world's best known brands I mean Specsavers that's the brand that I grew up with as a child everybody knows it and I mean do you ever sort of pinch yourself and think that I I did that that was me well because I'm so busy in the day to be honest no I don't stop and think um nowadays of course I have a fantastic team that are helping with everything and and the way that we're structured but initially I thought right this was back to 1984, and I thought, right, we'll have a hundred practices, a hundred spec savers across the country. That'd be really good. I'm not sure how that long that's going to take me, but that would be perfect. And now, of course, in the UK, we have over 900, and worldwide, it goes into the thousands. But uh, you, it just shows. I think you can never look that far ahead. In, in business or in life, basically. You, yes, we all have our annual plans and our five-year plan and whatever, but you can't look 20, 25 years, 30 years ahead. But I think if you're doing the right thing and you want to keep growing, yes, you can do those steps and do your annual plans and your five-year plans. And, and that's about all you can do, but you can't do anything longer than that. I don't think so anyway. Well, I think the last couple of years has proven that case in point. So. <laughs> You're so right. Yes, yes. Yes, we, we, we did actually have to um, bring in a special plan, you know, for 2020 to 2022 um, to get things back to normal in inverted commas. Um, yes. Uh, and, and then restart our five year plan again. So, yeah, you're quite right. It, it did upset everybody, I think. Yes, I can't think anybody escaped it. No, not no. at all. No. And, you know, what, what I would love to do, if you don't mind, I mean, mm -hmm. there was one time you weren't the successful entrepreneur. You were a young girl living in Bristol. And I would love to take you back down memory lane to where it all began, where you were born and, and just, mm. you know, yeah, what was it like? 
Yes, well, but this is where we have a little bit of a history lesson, I think. That, uh, and it is a history lesson because I was born right in the centre of Bristol. So if anybody knows Bristol, this is an old part of Bristol, um, which is you know, still quite historic there. They, they haven't knocked it down. And uh, <laughs> anyway, I was born in my grandmother's boarding house. And, and it was wartime, so my father wasn't there. Not that not that fathers, of course, have anything to do with births back in the uh, 1940s. But anyway, um, once my father came back from the war, because um, he was in the Merchant Navy on Channel convoys and things. Anyway, we we were housed in a prefab. Now, I think this is always interesting when I look back. These prefabs came in, I think they came in from Canada, pre-made, and there were hundreds and thousands of them all over the UK to rehouse people who were, um, you know, lost homes during the war. And I'm, I'm thinking, not that I want people to live in prefabs, but they were brilliant places because my mother was so excited to have one. She had a, a fitted kitchen, a fitted bathroom. So we're talking about well, probably 1947 or something. <laughs> So we'd gone from an outside back at the yard toilet and a tin bath. Uh, they were marvellous. And I think that would solve some of the housing problems of today, actually. They were lovely little homes and all had a garden and they were all... Anyway, that's a, another story. But um, going back, I think it's probably a good thing to go back, for me to go back and say to you about my father's background, because through him, that's how I've ended up who I am in a way. Um, he was um, came from Lancashire, where he was working in cotton mills, uh, as they did back in, in the 30s, and decided that he would go to Bristol, which is obviously where I come from originally, um, because there was more work there than there were, in, there wasn't so much work, so he was looking for work. Um, and he, he after the, the war came along anyway, but after the war, he worked in a chemist shop. Not, not as a pharmacist. <laughs> in those days, they used to mix your medicines. You had somebody mix them. You didn't have them in a bottle and you they needed yeah. to make tablets and pills. Anyway, um, one day there was a, a traveling rep came in, as they did. They were, I think he was selling soap because it was Yardless. So it must have been soap, isn't it? That Yardless was a, a brand <laughs> at that time, telling him about the government having brought in the National Health Service, which was 19. 1948 and over into 49 um, and it meant that everybody in the country like listen to this had a free eye examination and free glasses can you imagine that um, all of a sudden they announced this well you've got a few million people haven't you in in the UK then wow this is good but there weren't very many opticians there weren't many people who could do that. Uh, so they, the, the government brought in a fast track system where you could go to night school rather than university. Um, and you did that for four years. So my father thought, well, this is all right. Cause he, like most men of those days, they'd left school at 14 and, and that was it, you know? So he said, right, well, I'm gonna go and do this. So he did that and qualified as um, an ophthalmic optician. They're called optometrists nowadays. People couldn't spell ophthalmic, O-P-H-T-H. -H. <laughs> uh, every day is a skill day. The H, which is, anyway, they were they were called ophthalmologists. So he and he he came he qualified. He went to London to the university, took the exams, uh, and qualified, which 
was pretty good, I thought, being that he left school at 14, and, um, but he was determined to do it. And um, so he, he had a room above the chemist shop that he'd been working in. <laughs> uh, and of course, National Health, you, you didn't have to advertise, everybody was coming in for their free classes. Um, so, you know, I, I, so I've ended up an optometrist because of him. Uh, I wouldn't, we'll probably go back to it in a moment and say what else would I have done maybe. But talking about the prefab, and, and I can remember it so clearly. Um, suddenly we had three, I had three orphaned cousins um, landed on my parents, basically their parents died. And, um, and I had a baby brother as well. Household of men, males. Well, <laughs> well the, the, the whole upshot of it was that uh, we actually had to get rehoused. And okay, they have prefabs. Bristol's a big city, as anybody would know. And they started, we're talking about early 50s now. They were building big um, housing estates. The councils were pouring money in to house people. It's amazing when I look back what, what isn't done nowadays. I know people are scrabbling around for homes. Um, but anyway, we were given a big, um, nice council house um, as they were building them on the outskirts of Bristol. And I'm sure you probably have people from Bristol listening. This was yeah. Hem Hembury Estate, and they will know exactly where that is. It's near a beautiful um, parkland called Blaze Castle. But anyway, it's a beautiful place, but Hembury, and um, in, in there we moved. So I, I was growing up with a household of males, and it was great childhood, playing in the streets. They don't play in the streets that much nowadays. And there were a lot of half-built houses. Can you imagine health and safety just <laughs> leaving children play over these places? So I, I had a great childhood. Um, when the nearest school was a very strict school, it was a Church of England school. Schools were quite different then, I think. You, you did have to sit and listen, it didn't matter what age you were. And they were big classes, mine big classes, uh, you know, to have well over 30 people in them. And I can remember the discipline we, we had in that church school. Um, and, and I do sometimes meet up with people who went to the same primary school as I did. So we're talking early 50s now, early 50s. Wow. Uh, and, and we all remember um, Father Fostite <laughs> used to come in and make us learn the catechism and recite it every morning, even if you're only <laughs> five or six years old. So, but great training for the mind, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Quite, I'll agree. <laughs> quite, quite different. So, I think the discipline didn't do me any harm at all. Um, I mean, there's a lot talked about how you teach yeah. children, isn't there? I mean, you must have read so much about it, but times times had changed but because of that discipline I was able to pass which we don't have anymore the 11 plus you don't have that exam anymore do they know they've stopped think they stopped it everywhere but what it did enable me to do coming from an ordinary family or ordinary working class family say um was to actually go to a grammar school it wasn't a top grammar school in Bristol. There were many of them, because it's a big city, um, but nevertheless, it was a grammar school. So um, again, you didn't muck about there either. You had to do it <laughs> uh, So, and, and, and I think about the childhood was so different and it does affect you as, you're, as an adult. I mean, well, we didn't have TV, 
so we didn't there was no social media <laughs> um, I don't we didn't even have a telephone I um, mean you listened to the wireless wasn't called a radio mm-hmm. the wireless and uh, it was a great big monstrosity thing there great big thing um, and I think people then if you wanted something you you saved up for it and, and you were you know you, you worked hard yeah. saved up for it and bought it so maybe life is good now yes but maybe things have come a little bit too easy for people I, I'm not sure that uh, uh, not that I ever noticed anything growing up I had a, a fantastic childhood as I say with um, three boy cousins to play with and a little baby brother as well and lots of other friends um, I mean it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a great life and, and the yeah. school life was I loved school I did love school and uh, we still have school reunions um, some, wow. of us, some of us sadly sort of passed on, but uh, nevertheless, it's it's very nice to see old friends from back in, again, we're talking about the 50s. So um, um, my school life was pretty good, I think, yeah. pretty good. Yes. So that's uh, amazing. It does yeah. mean, so, you know, when you were saying about the, um, you know, having no TV, I mean, that must have been quite liberating as well, because like, I remember being... <laughs> You know, a child where we did have a TV, but I was the mobile TV controller where I had to go and change the channel. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. That was a privilege. Yeah. <laughs> That's not so long ago, is it? No, yeah. not too no. long ago. I mean, what games did you play? You know, you were saying you were outside a lot. And I always remember playing Kirby. That was one of my favourite games as a child. But what kind of games uh, did you play? Well... I think we just played muck and a barrett, as I said. <laughs> there was no seriously. There was always it was always games in the street, and it was usually kicking balls around. So I mean, okay, yeah. I was a girl, but I was with boy cousins, and you sort of grew up without thinking girls and boys either. Yeah. You know, you you all sort of played together. It's really quite again quite different we just played in the street basically uh, and as I say with these a lot of these houses being built and half built I mean it was, it was great you could, I don't think you could do it nowadays but, um no somebody would pinch all the bricks I'm sure overnight <laughs> they would be gone and but it's it is interesting times and uh, um even sort of I used to have to travel quite a distance to school. So that took two buses to get to wow. school. Okay, I was 11, but on your own, you know, and then later on, when I was about 14, I had a bike. I used to cycle that distance quite a way, but uh, to school. So, um, and I've got a lot. I've, I've already yeah. thanked my father, haven't I? I've already said because of, because of him, I went into the optical industry. But also, I have to thank my school because it was a mixed school. So you've got girls and boys, um, but it was a school which was advancing in girls doing science. Girls do science now. They all do science, and they yeah. They're blooming good at it. They get good marks. They get good marks. But back, if we go back to the to my childhood, girls didn't do science. It, 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 you did things like, um, but forget the O levels as they were called then, GCSEs and A levels. You tended, to, if you stayed to do A levels, you would have done um, English or maybe French yeah. and, and that sort of thing. And you may have become a secretary or a teacher. 
um, but girls didn't do science. But I, I did because I knew I'd have to have science to actually get into university to do the optical visual optics courses to be an optometrist. Um, so I knew I, physics was compulsory and two other A-level sciences. So quite unusual, quite unusual then. I have to say there was me and one other girl that did A-level physics. Um, I think the teacher tended to ignore us. He didn't really, he didn't think girls could do, should do science. It was not, not something. But the, um, I did pure maths and applied maths. And we had a lovely which he must have been nearer retirement, uh, a lady teacher who encouraged as many girls as possible to do maths. So she was a bit of a uh, trailblazer, I think she must have been. You know, that was unusual. So um, got a lot of people to thank. And I was in a lucky position, father, good school, and then this lovely maths teacher, lady maths teacher, to give me those two A-level maths. Yeah. Um, a, lot, a lot of... Um, yeah, a lot of people there to, to thank, really, in, in life. These these things you can never plan, can you? They just happen. No. Um, I think it's lovely, isn't it? It's nice. I think yeah. everybody needs that kind of role model. And I mean, I can yes. imagine, you know, when you were a child, you know, you said your dad was in the Merchant Navy. Were you ever scared he wouldn't come back? I mean, I can imagine well, that was my, a really upsetting mm, thing. I think my mother might have been, but don't forget, I was only yeah. about three years old. You, you, yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't. But you're, you're right, those when you think of what's going on at the moment around the world and in yeah. certain places without mentioning them uh, in this uh, particular conversation um I, I you know women with children at home it's such a worrying time whether they'd ever see their their husbands or their partners again it's it is very very worrying and um um, I, I, I can't imagine how, I mean, I was only a child, so it didn't, didn't affect me. Yeah. And, and, although I must admit, I didn't see my father until I was about three, and I'd been thoroughly spoiled by my mother and my grandmother, and I don't know that I quite fancied this man telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it would have been a shock to the system, wouldn't it? And I guess, yes, yes. you know, it's lovely when you talk about your, your cousins. I mean, it's tragic, and I'm really sorry that they went through that, and obviously mm -hmm. that would have affected your family. Mm -hmm. But what was that like? Like, you can imagine you and your little brother, you're having the time of your life, you've been spoiled by your mom, and, yeah. you know, and then these three kids compounded into yeah. your life. I'm sure you love deeply, <laughs> but was that a real shake-up to your home life? It, it would have been. That's when we had to move to a bigger house, obviously, from the prefab, yeah. but um, um, one of them must have been in his teenager years, so he pretty soon went to work and, and left home and went off to do some, and so it was just mainly the other two. See, again, to me, it was lovely. I knew them well. They were my cousins. We'd, we'd known each other. Yeah. You know, I'd known each other all their life. Um, and one of them was almost the same age as me. So it was like having a twin brother. <laughs> Perfect. In fact, um, I'm going to see him. He, he lives in Bristol. I live in Guernsey. I've lived here for nearly oh, 43 years now. But I am going back to Bristol very shortly. And, and, and I will be paying him a visit because he is like a twin brother as well as a cousin yes yeah so it's yeah, yeah yeah it's so I, nice I think, I think if my mother was still around she would be the person to ask about what it was like 
because yeah. all of a sudden, you know, all you can imagine all the extra washing and cooking and oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, it, it sounds like fun as well. I think as a child though, it's, it's like your friends coming around to stay permanently. I mean, who wouldn't <laughs> want that? <laughs> yes, it's a bit like that. Yes. Yeah, I yes. can imagine. Yes. Did you ever think, like growing up, obviously we will come to your success in a minute, but growing up, you obviously had your mindset and you wanted to be an optometrist. I hope I've said that right. It's a word I can never say. You did, so yeah. I've said it. Did I do okay? You, you, you can just say optician, but optometrist is the real title. It's okay, yeah, so there you go. I'm doing it proper now. <laughs> but you know, you, you had your mindset in that. Did you ever think as a child, I'm going to be a businesswoman or an entrepreneur, or did you think you would, that was kind of going to be it? <laughs> no, not, not really. No, I don't, I'll be quite honest. No. Um, what I really wanted to do, I loved reading. I thought I, I'd like to be a librarian. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? And um, yeah, I, I sort of at the t- that, that was much younger, you know, before I came in to do science and stuff like that, and with the influence of my father as well. Um, so yeah, again, remember what I said earlier: you can't really look that far into yeah. the future. But I one thing I did know because I went then to Cardiff University to do um, op- the optics side. Um, I did know that I would always work for myself. And it, you know, I was only saying to somebody the other day, um, you know, I've never been for a job interview. I, I don't work for myself. That's wow. terrible, isn't it? So I've never written a CV. That's awful, isn't it? I should do that. That is amazing. I've never, job interview. I've never been for a job interview for because I've always worked from I've always been my own boss. So uh yeah, difficult, isn't it? But I, I wouldn't say I actively thought, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. But I knew I'm fairly determined and focused on what I have to do. And I, I was determined to yeah. become, you know, a, a good optician, optometrist, and have a good business. And luckily, um, yeah, it just luck does come into it, actually. I, I have to say, luckily because I met my husband in, on the same course as me in the same year. And as soon as we left university, we, we got married. <laughs> so there were the oh. two of us working together, um, which that's a long time ago. That was, um, yes, that was in 1965. And I just, <laughs> that's a long time to know someone. <laughs> wow, it definitely is. You, you have a lot of trade secrets on each other, I'm sure. <laughs> but that's for the next conversation. <laughs> And, and I guess the thing is as well, you know, what Watson's lovely about it, so you're saying you, that the long-term plan kind of in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't make sense in terms of the world can change, but you were pretty set that you wanted to be, you know, you wanted to work for yourself, you wanted to be independent. Why do you think that was? Do you think it was because the way you've seen other people live their life or do you think it was inherent from your mum and dad? Or I think it's definitely from my father because he worked for himself once he'd qualified yeah. and so two things I got from him was, yes, you, you can work for yourself and you don't need um, pots of money to enable to start a business. You, you can start small and mm-hmm. just sort of go little tiny steps. So so that and also um, I'm, I'm a little bit of a workaholic. And so I, I do work long hours. So I, yes, I do work long hours, but I did back it in the beginning and started. I would work six days a week and have an evening two evening clinics as well till nine o'clock at night um so i'm not afraid of hard if you if you enjoy something i think if you enjoy something you've got a passion for it you enjoy it 
um, yes, you can do it. Uh, but I would I, I'm very careful when I speak to young girls or anybody really starting off now, um, there's this lovely balance, the words that we have nowadays, work-life balance. It's only, that's a new thing. There was no work-life balance. <laughs> when I started work, it was do what you want, really. You can work as hard or you can not work hard. No, nobody said you have to have a balance. And I think you should have a balance. So what I would do now, and I tell people this, is in my diary, I do have an electronic diary, but I have a written one as well. <laughs> and I will write in um, me time. So I will make up something, oh, I don't know, go to have a facial, go for a walk, any, anything. I will put mm -hmm. me time into it. So it's a, a meeting or an appointment so that you actually do do it, even if it's go and see the family. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, if you're completely involved in your work, whatever that happens to be, you, you suddenly realise at the end of the week, my goodness, I, I should have done that, or I should have seen that person, or I should have rung them up, or whatever it happens to be. So it is important to look after yourself and give yourself a bit of a break. And I realise that now. It's a bit late for me to realise that, but uh, I do realise it. <laughs> never too late. Never too late. I don't think you're right. You're never too late. Because you were when you had your your children, you uh, you know I believe you didn't take any maternity leave because it was literally you had to work to earn to keep. You're, you're you know, right. Yes. I mean that, that must have been was that hard or did you just kind of get on with it? Because I think that is a working class mentality, isn't it? You just get on with it. Yeah, I think you just get on with it because again. It was the norm, to be honest, and it's how if it's how you've been brought up, it's the normal. I would never dream of somebody having to do that nowadays, but mm. certainly it was normal. And working for yourself, if you didn't work, you didn't have any money, basically. Um, which I know money's not everything, but you've got to have a certain amount, haven't you? Oh, true. It's funny. My mum used to always say when we were younger, we we were always brought up like I don't have a credit card to my name. And one of the things that my mum would always say, you cut your cough accordingly. No. You can't afford it. You don't have, don't it. have it. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of how I lead well, that's, my that's life a, now. That's an old saying as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, yes, it is right. But um, we're all different, aren't we? So things happen to, you know, things change and there's different things. But I agree, those old fashioned things, sayings are yeah. so true, really. Now, Esen, there's, there's an old-fashioned statement I know that you love because I think you live your life by it. And I can tell just by chatting with you that you're a very endearing and, and caring person. But, you know, you, you sort of talked to me before about, you know, treat people the way you would like to be treated yourself. And, and that was really inherent in my family, too, because my mum would always say, you know, you represent the family. The minute you go out that house, you represent our family. Yeah, so yeah. don't let me down. But yeah, I think inherently yeah. we, we just, you know, you, know do you still live by that value to this day. Mm. you're right and of course I carried that value through into so I've, I've had two companies but I've just stopped there and I have two companies so one <laughs> with, with myself and my husband and we 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 worked together as opticians and grew in just in the west country um he, he's Welsh so he's from Welsh it wasn't Bristol's not too far away <laughs> it has a bridge nowadays it didn't used to have a bridge but uh, got a bridge there now um so that we, that, we, we sort of worked with that in mind, you know, treating people as we never actually said it out loud. But when it came to when we formed for Specsavers, then 
we wanted to have a, a value and, and what we believed in, which was to treat others as you wish to be treated yourself. That was the values. There wasn't a vision and all sorts of other things. Uh, and so we've, we've stuck with that. Um, and I think it's very good. It's quite difficult to do all the time. 24, you know, everybody you meet to treat them as you'd wish to be treated yourself. Because let's face it, some people you you don't always feel like that. But uh, <laughs> um, but you know, if you if you stick with that, you can't go far wrong. So yeah. everyone in our, everyone in our company now in every country, that's what they 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 believe in, and that's what they know about, and that's what they can recite, and that's what they work towards. Yeah, and try and do that all the time. Not easy. Day no. out, you know some days you might not feel like that but uh, <laughs> yeah biting your tongue well it's funny because I actually know a few people that work for Specsavers so across between my family and friends and they're all I mean I would say that anyway I'm a little biased but they're all really lovely people and actually no matter what store you go in I, I do kind of get that sentiment that everybody is just really really nice and whether they they are like that all the time but it's always the impression that the first hand impression well, that I get yeah I think probably um, what I want people to do, and not just in my company, I think if you go to work, you should enjoy it. We, look at the hours that we spend at work. You should enjoy going to work um, and doing what you're doing. And it should be, okay, everybody works hard, but you should have, you know, it should be a bit lighthearted sometimes. And uh, we always say we work hard, but play hard, uh, which uh, um, we do have some good parters, <laughs> legal parters. I'm joking now um, <laughs> seriously people should enjoy so you give them nice work surroundings and, and look after them and know them personally and uh, and their ins and outs and problem everyone's got a little problem in their life you know to help each other and they should be friends um, so obviously I don't know everybody who works in every spec savers that would be uh, I know quite a few but not all of them be a miracle yeah it would be a miracle wouldn't it a few thousand um the, the, the main difference why why we we set up spec servers was to be different to have the each this gets complicated now so listen carefully I'm listening <laughs> each, each shop each store you see is a separate limited company so it's a separate company and the people in the store so the optician and some of the other people as well they're, they're the directors of that company along with myself and my husband so you know we so we're equal partners um and i think that makes a difference so if you're an owner director in a, in doesn't matter what what business you're in does it could be a restaurant could be anything really um it's human nature that you're going to really care more for that person coming across your doorstep and also the people working with you they're like a little family so you're going to care for them so I think that's the difference of having like a it's not okay it looks like a big chain but it's not it's it's and it's a yeah. little bit it's a little bit different to a franchise because um we actually give the profits to the people in the store not me <laughs> not me um so well, it's a franchise or okay they would take profits as well we get we get paid for the work that we do to support them there's a lot of support given and that's important you, you need all 
if you're in business, anybody will know that there's always somewhere where you need support. Could, could be in the IT. <laughs> I always need IT support. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it could be on the financial side. It's certainly with Specsavers, it's on using the brand and, and the product and the manufacturing and all that sort of thing. That um, Learning and development and the people and organizational side, all that needs support. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah it's, so it's like lots of little families all looking after each other. And, you know, I have to tell you this, um, I always, we, we have a joke that everybody, if they work in Specsavers, has green blood. <laughs> so I, say, I say to them, if you cut them open, it's green blood. <laughs> so we, we have a better joke and everybody says, you can, you can ask anybody, do they belong to the green blood club? And the green they'll, they'll, blood club. Green blood club. And they will tell you yes. Yeah. That is amazing. And do you know the thing that strikes me as well, because, and again, I think this is a lot to do with how you were brought up and how you were really cared for. And, you know, you can tell that you're like people first, you know, within the business, but also, you know, you also strike me as being, you know, customer centric, customer first. And actually in the world of marketing where I kind of, Live. oh yes of course yes you find that, that people now marketers are saying oh it's it's audience first it's, and it's like really are you just figuring this out after all these years oh, yes. because <laughs> didn't you land yourself in hot water yeah. once yeah. when, when well, you were allowed to advertise yeah, and yeah. You, you were transparent about the prices you get hauled through the disciplinary didn't you yeah yeah this is i mean to be honest if if you don't put the customer in my business <laughs> if you don't put your customer or your patient if they're not first um don't have a bit you're only there because of them you don't have a business so we we have um we're, we're passionate about customers obviously that, yeah. that goes without saying but also our people because i think it's the people you've already met some people and you, you liked them it, 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 you've got to have the right people there they've got to feel happy and and want to look after the customer so the people are, sides are very important and also i i in my company it's the partnership that we have with all these stores because we we speak to each other reasonably often and meet up well we haven't met anybody in the last two years but we are <laughs> beginning to meet now actually we are beginning to meet now in different regions and different countries and um you know listening to people who are on the the sharp end of things you know listen to what they say and i've always said in fact i am said that they, they're sick of me saying it you can't run let's call it retail optics because it's on the high street you can't run retail optics yeah. from behind a desk in an office because you're, you've got to be close to the customer close to the people the teams that are all the other colleagues and everything so um you know it's important the communication is always important and i i, I think it's the communication side and yeah. that, that must be the same in lots of businesses i think yeah, absolutely. Be. You kind of need that. I mean, can, can you share your story? I thought it was quite cool when you told me about it, that in 1984, when you were allowed to start advertising and you were uh, very transparent about the prices and then you get hauled over the calls, as I said oh, earlier. Yes. Do you know, I, I did tell you that, but I will tell you, <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, will the people, no, they, they will have all long gone away since but I, I won't name perhaps the organization well, let's go back to the beginning thing is optics then we're talking about when I started back in the spec savers bit in 1984 right Margaret Thatcher was around then and she got very 
agitated is the word, I think, yes, <laughs> about professions. So she was looking at um, doctors, dentists, opticians, lawyers, accountants. She said, but they were all surrounding themselves with mystique and nobody was giving out prices and you never knew yeah. what you'd be paying, particularly in optics. And, and she's quite right, it was like that. And that she thought, that we should be allowed to advertise because you couldn't advertise before that. In my previous business, there was no advertising at all, um, not nothing. Um, so this is why we started Specsavers. So, oh, great, good old Margaret Thatcher, right? That sounds good. This sounds like a new challenge. This sounds really a good idea. We can actually talk out in newspapers, magazines, even TV, maybe to yeah. the customer and tell them things. So uh, we did, we, we, we had some advertising and it was a bit of a worry. All the professions were the same. They were worried about what it would do to them. It might cheapen them or you know, make them not look so good. I, I'm not quite sure, you know, what they thought, but <clears throat> they, <laughs> our peers or our other people in optics thought that we brought the profession into disrepute by advertising. Um, wow. Anyway, nevertheless, uh, it was all solved reasonably quickly by a quick visit to the Privy Council, which is in Downing Street. I, I was quite thrilled wow. to sort of do that, who said, no, no, th this is correct. This is what Margaret Thatcher wanted them. They've got law lords there. And, wigs on and robes and everything very very uh, um impressive looking <laughs> and they said no no advertising is allowed this is quite right um carry on so so that was um a good a good outcome but and then after that after that when that was said woof everybody started advertising <laughs> you went away <laughs> and of course now well we're so used to that and, and seeing what prices are because and you may have older people listening years and years ago they were when you went into an opticians they didn't have showrooms okay so you used to just sit down at a desk and people would bring you um spectacle frames to look at but nothing had a price on it so nothing had a price on it that was years ago so this was the change that margaret thatcher wanted brought in um so i've I've been thanking a lot of people. I have to thank Margaret Thatcher, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know you don't have to agree with her politics, but mm -hmm. she she changed that and she changed optics. It was already happening. America in the USA were already doing that anyway. Just that the UK weren't doing that, and and um, because of different laws, and she changed the law, so that was good. Yeah, good for wow. me. Good it's funny because now in their shops, but they don't show the prices. There tend to be the shops that I don't go into. I'm like, oh, there's no price. That must, yeah, be, it must be too much. Yes, yeah, they, they say that. We, you don't ask the price because it's obviously going to be a big one, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And you know that the strap line you've got should have gone to Specsavers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's coming up for now like 20 years. And, and obviously you've got an amazing yes. marketing team who are run by exceptional people in, in that industry. But like, you must be so proud of that strap line because it's probably been one of the longest running ones ever. Yes, yes. And yes, you're, you're, it, it is a long one. It, it goes into jokes, doesn't comedians jokes and all sorts now. <laughs> it's part, part of the English language, I think. now. But you, you, I can go on about that for a minute, actually. Excuse me, I'll... I don't know. This is great. The, 
people might have noticed that at the beginning of COVID, so when, oh, I forgot when it started now, March 2020, wasn't it, when yeah. it came in, um, obviously a lot of television advertising stopped because you're not going to, uh, people can't go out and do things. So, uh, and we, we did pull back on our advertising, which is the right thing to do, obviously. Um, so the should have gone to Specsavers, we could have put adverts in, um, but it sounded a bit, you know, when people couldn't go out and couldn't live a normal life, it sounded a bit sort of pushy and a bit not rude exactly, but not the right yeah. message to get across. Um, so that so that was dropped for a while, although we, we know it's you, you still can use it and whatever. Um, and I think that was the right thing to do. Also, um, we. It would if we'd started doing a lot of advertising then, and I'm, I'm I'm sure there's companies listening now who will sort of agree with me. You you wouldn't be able to deal with the volume of people that would be coming in because we were restricted. Yeah. We did open. We said we were open for care because we're part of the National Health Service for for eye conditions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so we opened care, but you could only see so many people. And they had to have an appointment. You couldn't just wander in. So there was like a shut door, somebody at the door, go in with, a, with an appointment. Only so many people yeah. in a store at the same time. So lots of things like that. So there was no point in saying, come on in, you should have gone to Specsavers. There was no point. Now we're, it's almost normal now, isn't it? I know there's mask wearing and all the rest of it. And it will get there and of course so many people sadly are off work uh, we, we've heard about trains not running and buses not running and all sorts of things where people are haven't got full staff in it's very difficult um so we toned it down a little bit the marketing department not me I, when we started I did the marketing but not anymore <laughs> I, oh, wow. I could show you one day some of the very early adverts I would <laughs> love to see it Mary, yeah. Mary, Mary Perkins advert anyway the um and um, now it's it'd be saying something about the price of glasses with a you know you should so it's not should have counted you know you should but there yeah. are some should have adverts there's a new one on television now that's there and um and I must admit, the creative team—they they love thinking up new things. Oh, they're so good. They, they don't all get past me, I can tell you. <laughs> well, that's, that's, a, that's a story for another day. <laughs> As a marketeer, I can tell you some of. Anyway, <laughs> no, it's amazing because I wasn't sure whether that happened because because you you've probably got one of the best award-winning teams. On, on your books like compared to other brands like your in-house team yeah, just... they, they've, got, they've got a special lots of shelves i mean i don't know as a marketeer you might yeah. know is the cream awards is it the cream awards cream so I... we used to run the cream awards so oh, the I worked for lots of those. <laughs> yeah and that was in birmingham so, oh was so, it all right yeah so right. You, you could enter if you were from like birmingham and bristol oh, right. so, so we mm. had the uh, the cream awards but the one that we run now for, for the sort of regions is the roses so we do the oh, right. roses but they right. also win some of the drama wars so you might see it looks like a drum oh, oh yes 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 yeah so, so they, yes. they're doing so well like literally it's probably I, I think one of the best creative teams but I wasn't sure whether you got to approve everything no, or whether no, you I, just I, I I don't really but okay. um <laughs> I don't really and it's not really for me to approve because they are um, that's another thing I'll interrupt there when you employ somebody, this is a little secret, always employ someone who knows a heck of a lot more than you do. That way you keep moving forward. So 
Yeah. Are marketeers now? I mean, I'm not a marketeer. I'm an optometrist, really. Um, <laughs> they're trained. They know exactly what they're doing. They've come from good companies, good backgrounds. Uh, why would I tell them what to yeah. do? Uh, occasionally, occasionally there might be <laughs> one advert. Um, occasionally that I said, no, that's really not that. I have to. I, yeah, I, can, I keep stopping and starting here. Young marketeers, they're very clever, but sometimes they might be too clever. Forget, <laughs> forget maybe all the people that they're talking to, and perhaps their adverts might be a little bit too clever. Yeah, <laughs> no, that makes, that makes sense. sense. That make sense. I, I get that. I do. I do. Not, not very often. They're, they're they're a great bunch, actually. They they are really fantastic people I, I love them they, I, I work in the same office as all of them there's about um it's a big office about 500 of us here in wow. the office in Guernsey because that's where I was living well, four years before Specsavers started so I didn't start move to start Specsavers I was already living here You're so here. We're, we're, we're we're the biggest private in in, in employment people here next to civil servants uh, so we're the biggest company privately owned company employing as they say 500 people um and as i say the creative director and the creative department is here they we've got we've got other offices in the uk so there's a lot of changing backwards and forwards and a lot of team meetings you've got used to that haven't we <laughs> absolutely and and i guess the thing is you know and, and if you i need to ask you actually so you're obviously a dame now dame mary perkins do you ever get used to that like do your kid do your kids say no your mom you're not dame or how do you feel about it well <laughs> um, generally at work obviously i don't think about it but you, you'd laugh at this only this morning we had a new person um start and i i i just know he's going to watch this podcast and uh, so i won't embarrass him but i won't mention <laughs> any names but it was new it was his first day today and i did sort of know him sort of outside of the business and he and we sort of shook he was being shown around doing his induction around the office and we shook hands and he said Oh, it's nice to meet you, Dame Mary. And I said, when you're in this building, I'm afraid, just call me Mary. I said, or I should have everybody collapsing with laughter around. <laughs> so it, it's, um, there are times that one would use that, but certainly not work-wise. Um, yeah. No, no, it's, um, yeah, it, yeah, no. Keep, keep it for formalities. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, there's different occasions, isn't there, for anything yeah. like that, really. That, uh, uh, but certainly not with everybody I work with. Uh, the, I, I, I turn around and look to see who, who were they talking about? <laughs> that was me. <laughs> That's a reality. Because it's amazing, like, you know, obviously the crux of this conversation is all around working class to world class. Oh, yes. And, you know, you, and you obviously you know, you, you had this humble life and, and your story is amazing because, you know, you've kind of grown through it, you, you've become super successful, you're listed in the Times, you're, you know, but how, did you ever think at one point you couldn't do it or did you always believe in yourself? Um, no, I, I always, I was always very sure that the business model I had and what I was doing was the right thing. Because I, I knew that's, let's call them customers, let's not call them patients, let's call them customers <laughs> for a minute. I, I knew what customers wanted, and I, 
just by speaking to them nowadays yeah. you, you you know very well you have research people who do this and have focus groups and all that but just purely by speaking to people when you're sitting on a train or a bus or anywhere in a cafe you just chat to people you know instinctively what they want uh what they're what they're after you don't have to i don't have to have a focus group but i, I know that's the right way to do it um so i was always very sure of what i was doing and if if, if if my parents were still alive, my mother would say I was always very stubborn. I would dig my heels in and she'd be trying to tell me something. And I'd go, I know, I know. Don't tell me I know. <laughs> so I was always a bit horrible, really. Um, oh. I always knew what I wanted to do and I and, yeah. and, and, and to move forward. And I always loved what I was doing. I think it's no point in doing something if you don't really love doing it. And, and I do, which is much to the disgust of a lot of people it's why I'm still going to work <laughs> I just love I just love doing it and really um I they're gonna to have to carry me out one day that I'm not going to leave of my own accord <laughs> you're there to the day to the very very end yes, I, mean, I, I think that's I don't lovely. I don't have a job anymore I don't have a job title so I've, oh, all the things I've done along the line no I don't but I I, I do I'm I'm there for the customer basically, yeah, and and people just people who you know the little things that crop up and uh, um, the the writing of a few hundred birthday cards every month. I've just <laughs> I've just done all the birthday cards for May. It's all right. <laughs> my goodness you're busy I'm really bad at handwriting now since I've been working with computers my handwriting oh really yeah oh, oh nice and my handwriting might not be that good <laughs> but yeah, the, is uh, we have a, uh, my PA she keeps all the birthday cards we got a whole cupboard full of birthday cards so do you know if anybody at work they forget somebody's birthday they know to come to have a birthday card <laughs> you're a good person to know and you, you know you were talking about if your mom and dad were here but what did you think they would say to you right now I imagine they'd be bursting with pride of everything you've achieved yes I think they probably would I think they they yes they would being the age group that they were in and the era that they come from, they probably wouldn't say. I mean, nowadays you would say, wouldn't you? They probably be, it would be internal. They would, they would, they would be proud. I'm sure they. I'm, I'm positive they would do. Um, and and you know, so so much has happened. They they were always they they moved to Guernsey before I did. So my father retired here in 1965 um, with my baby brother well he wasn't a baby then but he was younger because he went yeah. to school here um and so I knew the island very well so when before I started Specsavers we sold our little original business that we had um we moved to Guernsey to be near them basically to near, near family and my brother and his family and everything and um they I think they they would be surprised about the way things had gone but uh so you see, see the influence your parents can have on your life. My father made me go into optics. I wouldn't, I didn't even know where Guernsey was when they moved. <laughs> moved here to Guernsey. Love the life here. It's a most beautiful island. I've got to give it a plug. And in this wonderful weather we're having now, it's it's 
couldn't want for a better place. Uh, the, it's not too big, so you get to know a lot of people. It, um, everybody looks after each other. It, it's 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 like a small community. Um, you'd yeah. get that, in a, you'd get that in a small village, wouldn't you? In 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 the UK, so uh, it's very friendly. So so he because he lived here. How lucky I was! I moved here with my husband and my three children. Uh, and and they went to school here eventually, um, and and I joined in with lots of local things. So it, it's been very lucky for me. I think I've I've had obviously yeah. you see you see the influence that parents have on their children. Yeah, yeah. I'm only just Absolutely. I'm only just thinking of that. And I'm thinking, my goodness, what influence have I had on my, <laughs> on my children? <laughs> I'm sure it's been perfect. And one of the things you said to me that really struck me is you've never written a CV. So here's a question. I'm going to put you on the spot. If you were to write a CV now, do you think you would get the job? It depends on what job I was going well, for. The job you're doing now. The job you're doing now. Oh, writing book. No, looking after because um, I think I probably would because you know <laughs> yes, I probably you would. You can make the decision. <laughs> I probably would. I've done other little jobs. I have gone for interviews, but not jobs in charities you know, like citizens yeah. advice. When I first moved to Guernsey, I, I, I didn't, so all of a sudden I didn't have any work because I thought, oh gosh, I've got to do something every day. This is ridiculous. So I, I went to help with citizens advice bureau and that was really interesting. Again, that's meeting people, helping people. Yeah. Um, and we, we also have a saying that we use, um, throughout the company and is, is you make a difference to people's you make a difference to people's lives with spec savers it's through better vision or better hearing because we have audiologists everywhere as well um, so I always tell them we make a difference so that's what I wanted to do was make a difference and I think that's what we all want to do isn't it really yeah. in life is to make a difference so you can tell uh, people listening can say making m a a difference d so just try and be mad every day <laughs> so we have a joke when we come to the door and, and people will say hi are you are you mad today <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be mad yes i'm gonna be mad and, and it's a sort of a bit of an internal yeah. joke but it's i think everybody feels so much better with yourself if you've made a difference in somebody's life, whatever yeah. it happens to be. It, it, it can be for anything really, it can, it can be something quite small, something quite small, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. And to, to sort of wrap up then, <laughs> what, what advice do you think you would give to someone who was in a sort of similar position with you? You know, they, they, they have a dream, they want to go for it. What, what do you think the kind of fundamental principles in, in your life or the advice you might give them? Hmm. I, I, I think, well, obviously, if they're in business on their own, they obviously like what they're doing. So they've got to keep that passion there. I often I speak to sometimes to young entrepreneurs. Um, when I say young, they're just starting young company of entrepreneurs yeah. just starting up. And I always say to try and involve the family. Um, mm -hmm. Don't try and same doesn't matter if it's male or female. I'm not going to make any difference because if you're going to be totally involved with something, and it's not a nine to five job if you're running a business, your own business, it, yeah. it's not a nine to five, involve the family. And that I think is the most important thing. And I, that's what I did with 
my obviously I have my husband as well, um, but involved the, the children of all involved uh, with with the business and um, and and still are. Well, my son now is managing director, so <laughs> globally, yeah. global managing director. So um, and and another daughter's um, she's an accountant, so she's an internal auditor for the company, um, and she's got three children. Uh, anyway, I mean, we won't go into all that. And, <laughs> and my other daughter used to run um, spec savers in the Netherlands. So she, mm. she had a, a home there. She still lives there. But she so loved um, the starting up of businesses and seeing how you could grow things that she started her own company now, um, or probably three years ago now, with um, helping young female I have to say it's mainly female entrepreneurs who are, want to grow the businesses they're in so she's advising them and, and helping them grow so she's got quite a large number of people um, a lot of it's on screen obviously still nowadays but uh, yeah so involve your family who knows yeah. what they're going to end up doing yeah who knows exactly well I think that is sound advice and you know but what I've taken from this and it's been so lovely to chat because I feel that you, you've continued to remain grounded and, and truly you're grateful for yeah. everything that you've, you've yeah ever that's another thing yeah sorry yeah. to interrupt that that's another that's thing all. keep your feet on the ground if, if you come from a, a working background which I did um um it's the same my father was a working background my husband's family as well his they, they were farmers in Carmarthenshire so um keep your feet on the ground um why, why change from who you are really I know people do and and I think we did speak a little bit as to um uh, why they have these programs on on tv <laughs> well, I hate to say I'm sure they're very entertaining I, I don't I watch one and then that's it you know they have housewives of and whatever town it's in um <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know why they do it. Uh, no, keep your feet on the ground if that, if, from wherever you go. I've got loads of old friends that I grew up with, school friends, and, and they just know me as, as we, you know, we went, we went to brownies together. We were girl guides together. <laughs> and and, and it's, that's good. That's the best time of your life is looking back with people that you were friends yeah. with all those years ago. So feet on the ground. Be on the ground and never forget where you came from. Absolutely. Yeah, and make a difference every day. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's yeah. been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much. And I know everyone tuning in would have picked up, I think, quite a lot of hints and tips along the way because oh, you've had a life worth of success. And I, I just think you've sort of imparted that knowledge to everyone. So thanks so much, Dame Mary. Oh, and thank I'm you. Sure I've enjoyed it. I don't, I don't normally do so much talking to a screen. But <laughs> that. It's only to me. No one else here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank, well, you thank you so you. much. Thank you. Thank you.